Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. On today's episode of Inspiring Women, we're speaking with Sarah Sweat. Now, Sarah is the head of customer success at Incredible Health, an organization that helps healthcare organizations hire and retain nurses. So that's a very fast-moving space. Sarah comes with 15 years being a leading professional at large-scale healthcare tech companies like Teladoc, Change Healthcare, MDON. Now, she has a degree in um, music performance, but also, interestingly, a master's in counseling. She's a strong advocate for mental health and actually continues to do counseling in her spare time. And Sarah, thank you so much for being on Inspiring Women today. Thank you, Lori. And thanks for having this podcast. I would have loved to have something like this at my disposal as I was just starting out. So I love it. Well, thanks, Sarah. You know, it's been, um, it's almost a year of doing these conversations and, you know, like as we were getting organized here, just talking to women like you who are both very accomplished professionally, but then also have a passion for helping others. I'm just really interested in, um, you know, getting, getting into that. So why don't we get started? Like I always do on inspiring women, just talking about what do you do? What do you do right now today and incredible health? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think I come from a very long line of people who uh, sort of refused to only be one thing. Uh, my dad was a lawyer and a farmer and a jazz pianist. My, my mother was a microbiologist and an equestrian and an artist and a gourmet cook. Uh, so as you might expect, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things <laughs> right now. Uh, I do, as you, as you said, have the privilege of heading customer success at, at Incredible Health. We are the fastest growing venture-backed career marketplace for healthcare workers. And we're really mission-driven to help healthcare professionals live better lives and find and do their best work. So we partner with about 500 hospitals in 25 states today. These are names like HCA, Kaiser, Johns Hopkins. Uh, and we really work to help them save at least $2 million a year by reducing the amount of time to hire and then hiring high quality experienced permanent nurses versus what our hospital systems are often left to as a workforce solution over time and travel nursing, which are much more expensive workforce solutions. So anything we can do to help our hospitals uh, to reduce cost while increasing quality is a win for all of us. So I'm really excited by what we're able to do at Incredible Health and, and what my team who works with those hospital systems has the opportunity to do. Sarah, that works workforce space. I mean, I, you know, in the world of healthcare today, just workforce disrupt and workforce disruption is everywhere, but it's particularly fast moving and acute um, in the area of healthcare. How, how old is the company? How fast have you been growing? Yeah, we, um, we have been growing uh, incredibly rapidly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, 
founded in 2017 and I have been with the company for about four months. Uh, and so the, even just the growth that I've seen in the time that I have been a part of the organization has been absolutely uh, astronomical uh, and, and really continuing to project that for the next coming years as well. Yeah, well, it's a lot of challenging issues as people shift around, as we hopefully are emerging out of the pandemic. We're de- we'll talk a little bit about um, burnout, you know, in this particular area. But before we sort of get into the those types of issues, let's talk a bit more about you, Sarah. So, you know, many, many moons ago, you were doing recruiting, but you've been a sales leader. You've been an account management leader at healthcare tech organizations. So what was that path to leadership for you? Yeah. You know, it's not a traditional path, is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> definitely uh, not a straight line between those things. Uh, I think, um, you know, I started out with a bachelor's in music uh, in vocal performance. I think like a lot of people with music degrees, uh, I had a long and illustrious career in sales ahead of me. I just didn't know it yet. Um, you know, I think if you can sing to 2,500 people, you can talk to five of them in a boardroom. And, <laughs> and so that's not an uncommon career path for people, uh, in music. So I actually, uh, started out hiring sales reps. I was working as a recruiter back in the days of Dell, where we were hiring, you know, 100 person classes of entry-level business to business sales reps. And I learned so much about how corporations hire and retain top talent and really saw firsthand the impact that that makes when we do it well. So I was given the opportunity to move into healthcare tech and, and kind of leverage that, that uh, tech background into healthcare tech. But I really didn't know anything about healthcare uh, at the time. I was really fortunate to be hired into that space by a hiring manager who knew that recruiting is sales. Mm-hmm and was willing to take a chance on me so that I could build those relationships and and try to deliver results for clients differently. So I kind of came up through the ranks in client management and sales kind of back and forth between the two in the revenue cycle sector uh, of healthcare and got to work with health plans across the country. There was a time at which everyone was sort of at that place of professional maturity where everybody goes and gets their MBA. And um, really, I don't like math that much. Uh, So I couldn't justify to myself spending every Saturday of my life for two years uh, doing it and pursuing an MBA. And so uh, I started researching other master's programs that might be of interest. And I have always found uh, mental health and counseling to be really fascinating, how we all think and operate. And so I started a master's in uh, counseling with really no agenda for what that was going to be. And it turned out to be quite honestly, one of the best decisions of my life, not only personally, but professionally, I, I made some amazing friends. Uh, but in my professional endeavors, I, I came to corporate settings with a different perspective and approach than a lot of my peers, because I had this slightly different educational background. I know, uh, at the end of the day, we're really just all people. And there's no one size fits all approach to customer relationships or to growth. It really comes down to determining what creates value for the person that's standing in front of you. And so that time earning the degree and interning as a therapist was such a valuable learning experience for me. And it just brought a different perspective 
that allowed me to, I think, advance to leadership positions and more strategic activities within the organization faster than I might have otherwise. Well, I like how these, you know, different connections. I mean, uh, I don't think it's obvious that lots of people who start out in music move into sales, but um, I'm going to take your <laughs> word on that. And I also think it's interesting that you don't like math, but the people relationships and understanding how important those things are have um, led directly to your ability to now move into this workforce space and this rapidly changing workforce space. So let's, um, I want to talk about the counseling, but before we talk about that, just given that background and given that you are working um, with the healthcare workforce, which is ever-changing, we all read about, hear about, know about um, the burnout issues, um, in particular in healthcare workers. So what are you seeing and how does the sort of changes in whether it's job transitions for um, uh, clinicians or um, is it helping with that? Is it, you know, what, what are you seeing? and what are you doing um, to address burnout types of issues? Yeah, yeah, that's such an important thing for us to all be thinking about for ourselves. Um, and I think especially it's vital for all of us as healthcare consumers to help nurses do this well uh, also. They have really faced indescribable physical and mental hardships during the pandemic. Uh, everything from higher rates of mortality increased reports of burnout, degradation of mental health. It's really been tough to be a nurse in this climate. Uh, back in 2020, in April uh, of 2020, New York Presbyterian did a study focused on New York-based healthcare workers. And what they found were that nurses were among those reporting the highest levels of stress. 64% of nurses were reporting symptoms of acute stress. And acute stress looks like waking up in the middle of the night, screaming from nightmares, inability to stop ruminating about the things they had seen um, or obsession about the virus, like really disruptive things that were happening to the nurses who were on the front lines. And so the, you know, the um, things that we can all do to be helpful uh, are things like uh, providing resources to make staying in the profession more attractive to nurses and, and, and supportive of that. So uh, one study, the Journal of Nursing Education and Practice uh, has this, uh, you know, has studied the impact of some of these simple, easy to do interventions that we know actually reduce stress, burnout, trauma, and compassion fatigue, things like journaling. And so we have created a daily nurse journal on our platform, which is a, it's a free platform available to every nurse in the country. Uh, we also have built a community because we know that the best way to combat stress and overwhelm is by having a tribe of people who are there with you. And so we've built the Incredible Health Nurse Community, a free social network community uh, that's exclusively for nurses on our platform. We offer free CEUs to every nurse in the country to make it easier for them to stay in compliance with their licensure and, and uh, feel strongly uh, educated and empowered to deliver the care that we all need them to. Do you see in terms of your clients, the, the needed sort of um, uh, employer environmental changes that are needed? Because the burnout and the stress, I mean, it is not just um, from the work, but we're seeing things like, you know, violence in the workplace in hospital settings that are just at unprecedented um, levels. We're seeing um, people being angry with healthcare workers for administering things like vaccines. So how does your, you 
Sarah and your company work with the organizations that are employing all of these nurses? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, we have this unique vantage point because we work with 500 hospitals in 25 states. And so we see the things that are impacting uh, the nurses on our platform. We see the things that are uh, sort of best practices among those clients that are hiring and retaining staff most effectively. And we readily share those things with our clients uh, through, through our partnership. It's important for us to share those things that, that make a difference. Uh, and, and we have uh, really valuable information from the nurses on our platform about uh, what's working, what's not, and those places that are most supportive of the lifestyle changes uh, that they need uh, to continue doing this really important work. Well, it is really important work. And so that's great. And we've got a long road ahead. That be, that being said, beyond just the organizations that you work with, you have a personal interest. So you've taken a, ro- uh, a road to get your degree as a professional counselor. You do that work. So tell us a little bit about that mental health advocacy, why it's important to you, what you actually do, and why it's so important to you to spend your spare time um, doing this beyond just your um, you know pretty big job at Incredible Health. Yeah, yeah. I am so fortunate uh, to be on the Partnership Council for an amazing uh, counseling agency here in Middle Middle Tennessee, where I live. Uh, The Refuge Center for Counseling is really about offering excellent, accessible, affordable, really cutting edge mental health care to individuals and families who might not otherwise be able to access it. We know that access to care is a, is a significant problem uh, across all populations, um, and, and access to affordable, high-quality care is, uh, is really hard to come by. And so we take this focus of whole-person, holistic, emotional health care services and have uh, established a sliding scale and uh, have therapists who volunteer their time uh, as they're pursuing permanent licensure uh, to, to help us round out our 80 therapists that deliver care uh, at, at our facilities uh, in Middle Tennessee. And so with them, you know, I, I really get to assist in psychoeducational or experiential group work. Uh, last year, we did an amazing retreat specifically on grief, a one-day retreat for people who have had complicated grief processes, which is, by the way, most of us uh, in the, in the uh, pandemic but really having the opportunity to walk alongside people and share with them uh, not only the uh, interventions that we know matter and and can impact mental health, but to help create community for people uh, as a way to help them heal. Uh, And so I love getting to spend time with Refuge and visioning with our leadership team about what's coming next for us. So there's a lot of giving back to the community and what you're saying, Sarah, but the, I, you know, when I talk to people who are in the profession of mental health and doing work in that area, there's a, there's a human toll that it takes, you know, just like you were talking about with the nurses in terms of what they're seeing and how, um, you know, they, they need to deal with it. So how do you keep that balance and perspective? And, you know, you, you sound like an incredibly positive person. How, how do you keep that while well, dealing with what are, you know, sound like a lot of different issues in those people and populations that are um, receiving the counseling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that it sounds that way. It definitely is not my everyday, uh, but I'm glad that it it sounds that way. It's it's really important. And I think, um, 
you know, self-care is a term that gets thrown around a lot. And I think, unfortunately, because of that, it loses a little bit of its meaning and efficacy. But what we're really talking about is investing and understanding yourself and what you need to be successful. Um, We talk a lot at Incredible Health about how we can maximize high yield output uh, with the minimal, most minimal input possible. So how can we structure our day, structure our time with our customers, um, structure our focus and attention in such a way that for us uniquely as individuals, we're set up to deliver the greatest value to those interactions that we have. And, And that means really understanding what works for you because it will be different for me than it would be for another member of our leadership team or a member of, of my team. Uh, that's where the kind of personal accountability for us and, and, uh, locus of control for us as individuals in any organization becomes really important. Uh, and so for me, uh, a lot of those things look like having an amazing tribe of people, uh, around me to support and help me learn and grow and, and refresh. Uh, I also am probably more of an introvert than an extrovert. And so I need time alone. I need that time by myself to decompress, uh, where, where there are no inputs and there's nothing being asked of me. And I get to just sort of sit in stillness. Uh, journaling is another thing that's super helpful for me, but I think it looks different for everyone. And it's a, a challenge for all of us to invest in ourselves enough to understand what unlocks that for you. And then making sure that you carve out time to allow for that. And so Sarah, you know, when you and I were introduced, um, so, you know, your work colleague talked about you as somebody with incredible work ethic, amazing compassion, which is really coming through in what you're saying. And then just really always showing up with a positive attitude, a single mother, always available for other people. So I'm curious, you know, those types of, um, you know, descriptors are, you know, that talks about a, a really wonderful, warm person that you want to be around, how does that translate to leadership? And, you know, for women in particular who are similar in um, those uh, types of characteristics, which are fantastic, how does that then translate into leadership and career progression? How did that work for you? Yeah. You know, first of all, that's very kind. I hope all of those (laughs) things are true. Uh, Definitely. I'm a Midwesterner at heart. So the, the work ethic Uh, it resonates with me deeply. I spent most of my childhood mucking out stalls and taking care of horses. There's no getting out of that, right? There's no getting out of the messy work. You know, I think in terms of leadership, I I really try to start with authenticity. Um, People always know when you're being genuine and when you're not. And so there's really no purpose in trying to be, (laughs) pretend to be someone that you aren't. Uh, There's no one model of leadership, thankfully because we're all unique individuals. And so the way I lead will look different than, than the way others lead. And it will resonate more with some members of my team than others. And I'll adjust and pivot to accommodate who they are and what works best for them. But I think starting with an honest reconciliation of who you are and how you just sort of enter the world, uh, can be really helpful in establishing your leadership style. And then I think it's about being curious. Uh, I am a person who asks like a borderline annoying level of questions. Uh, when I talk with people, I'm just genuinely curious and, uh, try to be creative as I approach problems or, or opportunities. 
because I think if you can keep an open mind and have that sort of growth mindset uh, in your leadership, what that always leads to is empathy and compassion, right? If we're approaching things genuinely interested in the other person and genuinely interested in, in how they operate and optimize, uh, we will, we will see far greater, uh, result and, um, you know, far greater, uh, just investment, uh, from, from those people and, and in our common mission. Well, I think empathy and compassion, and again, I do think all of these skills are, are, are characteristics are, are wonderful. And sometimes, you know, for, you know, in particular, younger women who get known for that, what the, they get known more for being like that wonderful, kind person you want to be around, but not necessarily the person that gets tapped for the next level of leadership. So you've talked about authenticity and compassion and everything, but what was a moment for you where those again, characteristics turned into your leadership opportunity to be recognized as somebody who could then take on more responsibility so that you didn't get stuck as perhaps, you know, just the good person to be around, but not the leader of the next most important, whether it's a project or a team or what, or something. Yeah, that's a great call out because it absolutely does happen. You sort of get, um, you know, you sort of, there's that expectation that you're the nice person and not the effective person. And mm -hmm. I strongly believe you can be both, right? You have to have the results to, to back it up, but I have found it to be, um, incredibly impactful. One, uh, example kind of comes to mind. I've been through a lot of merger and acquisition over the course of my career, um, been with organizations that have been highly acquisitive and that's always a challenging time. Uh, M and a, uh, always comes with it as we merge two teams, two different cultures of companies. There's this kind of culture competency thing that happens, right? Where we tend to cling to the way things were and we struggle to assume positive intent or sometimes even competence from our new colleagues. Uh, I was a, an individual contributor with accountability for growth within a defined customer base and our newest acquisition services were included in the portfolio of services that I was responsible for, uh, for executing against. I was tasked with cross-selling, right, across both legacy companies, uh, customer bases. And I met with really strong resistance from the individuals within our newest acquisition. They were uh, struggling to allow me to access clients, having meetings without me, structuring meeting invites so that uh, I, I was restricted in my ability to participate in the discussion. And I think in that moment, uh, I could have been really hard driving and, and really forceful and say, well, this is my accountability and this is what I'm going to do. Uh, but my curiosity, I think, served me well there and my desire to really just understand where the resistance was coming from rather than be upset by it. Uh, and so uh, I really went about the work of learning and trying to establish trust. Uh, the people who were part of this acquisition didn't trust me. And quite frankly, they had no reason to, they didn't know who I was, or if I was competent in my role, uh, I was just there to do a job. And from their perspective, it wasn't one that was going to create value for them. And so I really started pivoting my approach. I spent lots of time in their offices. I dug into the data. I really learned their processes. I asked my usual borderline annoying number of questions and it really paid off. Uh, not only was I able to establish trust in the context of that relationship and build really strong relationships with some amazingly talented people, 
but we created then together a unique value for our mutual clients that helped the company expand their product footprint. Things got easier, uh, you know, things got more um, productive and, and ultimately resulted in, in increased revenue. And that result uh, is what then allowed me to continue to advance. Sarah, I, that's such a great story because I think that the um, it, I think it is hard for so many people to assume positive intent when you might react to you know something that seems um, negative or a barrier. And I love how you just you know walked us through that really powerful example. There's a lot um, in so much of what you're saying, but Sarah, as we close out, it's really wonderful talking to you. Any last sort of like thoughts, wisdom? advice for perhaps younger listeners uh, who might be like you aspiring to be someone as inspiring like yourself? Oh, you know, I would say listen to people's stories uh, and then make your own choice about what's going to be most authentic for you. Uh, When I became a parent, one of the best pieces of parenting advice that I got in that process was to know that you are the person who's going to know your child best. And so what works for another child may not work for yours. So take everybody's advice in, listen to everybody. Um, I read books constantly. Uh, I have like five Brene Brown books on my desk at any given moment, right? Henry Cloud, Simon Sinek, biographies of people, input all of this great information, but only keep the pieces and parts that actually resonate with you and allow yourself to then present uh, in, in your organization and in leadership as the most authentic version of who you are, I promise it will go way farther than trying to copy, uh, you know, leaders uh, that don't resonate. So um, definitely comparison is the thief of joy and (laughs) it's your career and your life. So make it look like you want it to. That is um, just terrific advice. And Sarah, I really appreciate this conversation. This has been an excellent, inspiring women conversation. We've been speaking with Sarah Sweat. And Sarah, thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.